Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And this episode of Riverdale is confusing. And Kevin, I have a problem. Okay. I might think KJ Appa is hot. I mean, he is an attractive young man. Yeah, but there's something about him being a forceful adult who, like, <laughs> recruits people to be on his football team and confronts Reggie on the, a football field. I'm like, oh, the problem is oh that, no. The problem is that Archie works a lot better as a young adult. I mean, to be fair, here's the thing. He, he's still I, young. I prefer all their characters as mid-20s yeah. than I have as... well As it's, teenagers. It's because when they were teenagers, they kept on treating them as mid-20s. Whereas the things that they're doing now, you're like, yeah, you should do those things. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I like all these things. Your motivations are present in some ways. <laughs> um, the only one who has progressed terribly is Cheryl. Cheryl is even worse as when you when you're like oh she's 25 now 26 because I think she's older yeah every time you think of that it's horrifying yeah same and Tony is also <laughs> acting like a child Tony's acting like a child um Veronica's an uh, uh, God I mean Veronica's acting the <laughs> same way that Veronica acted last season except that last season they were making her act too old yeah like Veronica's the same it just it matches more now but because you know what she was like as a teenager her still acting that way yeah shows little progression but betty jughead um archie they're they're blossoming into being 25 is stellar and i want to give a shout out to the costuming team because they have actually done an incredible job making these people look older from when like they had probably a week to do it and and uh, like the styling is really on point and i want to shout out to the casting team for w- casting the people who are in high school as so much younger yeah they look like yeah. they look like high school kids yeah they they look like wee babies considering how we know what like also high school kids look like in this world but i recently saw a an article and they had a picture of archie now yeah and a picture of archie from like three episodes ago yeah next to each other and i was like oh he does look a lot older like he the does. styling and the haircut yeah and the way he's carrying himself actually I, whereas veronica looks exactly the same yes jughead looks way older way, way old. and it's not even just like the facial hair the way the cole carries himself. plays him yeah yeah um betty is Somewhat, but that's. I think it's really because when Betty was like, she also played older. Well, Betty had to grow up really quickly. Yeah, so we get a lot. You, you she, ha, she has a lot of parallels between those two, but not as much as like if you think of Betty season one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that is all a bunch of good things. But this My, episode, <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick summary of this episode. Sometimes we come into this the show and we're like, oh man, so. This episode so bad. This episode's just confusing. We'll we'll get more of Cheryl business than we did last episode, and Cheryl the Cheryl business is bad. Yeah, I don't understand who is forcing her to do these things <laughs> well, because the way she acts is like there is a gun directly behind her head at all times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, let's see if we can figure out what exactly is going on in this spooky town, the spooky <laughs> unincorporated town of Riverdale. Uh, which in this episode is small. But like, bigger big. than it was last episode. <laughs> yeah. We're hidden a mid-size. <laughs> we're in our quantum state of this town. We're hidden about mid-size. We're hidden about there. But we have to talk about that. 
in the episode itself. That's right. Yes, because this is... Because it's going to come up. going to come up. This is Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 6, Back to School. Back to School. Speaking of school, Archie is super excited about the first day of school. I like, I like this. God, we never get enough Jughead and Archie like being friends. So the scene where they're like, so we're going back to school tomorrow. And man, brushing aside all the ridiculousness that they made all these people teachers. Um, yeah, this is like the scene with these two people. Like, yeah, like J- Archie's going to go back ROTC. Jughead's reading of Mice and Men because that's what his class should have read apparently his predecessor assigned this and jughead's gonna uphold what a real teacher told these kids to do i mean that makes sense if we, like if you i mean if that's wise yeah if, if i guess if we're doing summer readings which is not a thing we do in canada no but apparently there's a thing in the states i think i hear about all the time um maybe it's hey maybe that's a lie of television <gasps> Ooh. but uh you know yeah if the teacher who left was like yo do this do this at least the jughead can do as let's be honest these are temporary teachers like they're and I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I'm going to build on what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really glad that these dumb temporary teachers are not walking in being like, I know everything. I'm going to tear down the school. And Ch- Jughead's like, I'm going to be an English teacher. So I guess I'll do what English teachers do. Yeah. Most of them, most of all of them seem very aware that they are. They're so temporary that like your job is to essentially ensure that the children are still learning until a real teacher comes in. And I didn't expect Riverdale to do this. Yeah. So... <laughs> Good work, Riverdale. Yeah. This might be the one kudos you get. Uh, well, they're not the only ones getting ready. Uh, the next morning, we get a little bit with a little kind of inconsequential scene, but still a cute scene. Kevin and uh, Fangs and Tony, who are all living together. Kevin's getting ready to go to school, and he's really nervous. And Tony, who last episode was portrayed as, like, the responsible person in charge, yeah. will not be that person this episode. Oh, no, this episode, she's wild! She is holding everything up because her outfit... Her outfit takes time. Tony is wearing jeans, a flannel shirt, tank top, lots of accessories. But really, that's your first day of school guidance counselor outfit. Yeah, it, it's it's weird that like like Tony, who as you said was introduced as oh I'm the responsible um like but, put together re- like she she was wearing a blazer yeah. all the time last episode responsible but cool you know yeah. in this one she's she's gonna she's rolling up like. Um, I mean, FP. <laughs> yeah, she forces, forces Kevin to ride on her motorcycle to go to school instead and, of taking his car. And, and can I just say, like, yeah, you know what? She's a, she, she, I know she's pregnant, but she can ride a motorcycle. She seems like a, like a good motorcycle rider. She's yeah, she safe. seems safe. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so much like, what's Kevin doing? Is he got a sidecar <laughs> or is he in the back <laughs> holding around your pregnant belly? Yeah, that seems like a gamble you don't want to take. But Kevin and Fangs are so cute. Yeah, it kind of makes up for it. So we get all the people arriving. Veronica arrives and gets just... Her her theme as a teacher is she is the hottest teacher around. Which, uh, okay. (laughs) Like, when she's in her actual class, she's got... She's apparently a hot enough teacher that boys are just in there 
auditing the classroom. Yeah, they're just skipping their classes to go to her class. And Veronica's like, okay, that's weird. Can I just point out, I think we see all 100 students yeah, in think, this opening sequence. Yeah, I mean, their classes are for... <laughs> for a school that's supposed to have no students. Yeah, you got, you, you got students who have enough free time to... Aud- like, I, I know that they're lying, but they have to have done something to be able to still be in that classroom. Yeah, what... <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean they're... Like, what? What are they doing? Also, Veronica teaching economics so you're telling me your tiny school that can barely keep itself afloat has an economics class well they had to give veronica something apparently only seniors teach economics and in senior economics she's going to take them through supply and demand because there's no way they learned that in like grade nine social studies yeah yeah veronica might be the worst teacher out of all of them because we, we get the least with her but because, you know, we'll go to Archie's ROOTC class where he's like, no, I'm going to teach you what it's like to be in the military. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is like ROTC, I thought was like kind of like a club, but, but it's I also guess it's a class. There's a like class. Re- there's requirements. They have to take phys ed and stuff. Yeah. Betty is teaching something we never imagined I, she would teach because we forgot. forgot. It's been it was this was season one, part of season two. Betty's doing shop class. Which makes so much sense. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah, pull that up from the back. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, she gets a, someone's like, isn't your dad a serial killer from seven, ten years ago? I remember. Nope, I was four. My parents once talked about that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess the parents, I guess this town of secrets doesn't keep its secrets anymore. Um, and then Jughead is, of course, teaching English. Yeah. And we'll learn that Jughead is the nerd teacher oh with the jerky jocks in his class. Oh, my. He, and he's putting out a real how-do-I-reach-these-kids energy. <laughs> he really he, He's the only one who, like, crosses the line into the class. <laughs> and he's like, what do you guys think of Mice and Men? And they're like, we're too cool. And he's like, how do I reach these kids? Oh, my God, you got to care about literature. <laughs> There also there will be boys in the school wearing bulldogs jackets, and I don't know where they got them from. Do you want to just talk about this now? So the, eventually the plot line will be like Archie wants to restart the bulldogs, but we've met these weird jock students wearing Letterman jackets, and then he comes in the classroom and is like, "Hey, who wants to be who wants to be a football player?" And they're like, "Yeah." Like, well, what were you doing? Where did you get those coats from? Because the implication seems to be that Bulldogs didn't exist for years, right? Or maybe I mean, it's just this year? I guess. Yeah, maybe it's just this year. But it but like then why why wouldn't he just take the students who, who were used on, to the be on the football team? team? Like it has to have been multiple years. Or else why wouldn't he just pick so the students on the teams last year? They're wearing like their brothers' jackets. It's inexplicable. There's it will a, not be explained. If it was one of them, I would be like, okay, that guy that's that guy's thing. But multiple of these kids. Well, and like these kids are wearing the Bulldogs jackets in Jughead's class, because they're like the main kids. Oh, yeah. But there's also a kid in Veronica's class wearing a Bulldog's jacket. Yeah. So <laughs> Okay, anyway. so so the school is going fine. However, Hiram is ugh, infuriated by this. So Hiram made a plan <laughs> to unincorporate a town because he thought that would destroy their hope. Okay, yeah. So Reggie asked the question that all of humanity has been asking. Hiram, why do you care so much about this random school? Now... Hiram explains that, well, schools give people hope. It's like Hiram just realized, oh my god, I unincorporated this town, and they could choose to band together and reincorporate. Yeah, I lost all my power! Yeah, he's like, well, if they, they the, the, the 
they could grow around this high school. I'm like, yeah, that's usually how towns become incorporated. Is that like they decide they want to be incorpor- incorporated. Usually for things to be unincorporated, they, people are making a conscious decision not to, to not care about it anymore. Why did you think this would work, Hiram? <laughs> and the only explanation he gives us to why he cares, the only explanation he gives to Reggie is it's bad for business. What business? You're... <laughs> what business? You're building a town that people live in. You have residential properties he... and a mafia. <laughs> he has regressed to such an 80s villain. At this point, he is literally the villain from Accepted. <laughs> he is just like a developer who... He's not even the mayor of this town. It was weird when he was the mayor of this town. Now he's just an unaffiliated developer. Who, who... lives in a different town. Who, yeah, who lives in an actual town who looks at this unincorporated high school and goes, that high school needs to die. Why? He can't explain it. And I'll tell you why. Reggie, Reggie nods his head like it makes sense, because Reggie's head is full of air. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't dwell on this for long, because we have to move on to another dumb plot. Veronica. <laughs> takes Smithers to the Blue Velvet, and she's like, look at this crappy, creepy video store. This is going to be a high-end jewelry store. Veronica, successful businesswoman, teacher of economics at a local high school, a woman who succeeds at anything she does, looks at a unincorporated rural town with no one living it and goes, do what this place needs? High-end jewelry. Now, to be fair, so Dale... One kilometer down the turnpike. They need jewelry. <laughs> but they could just go into the city. Which is apparently... <laughs> New York. A, dis- a distance away. A distance that you can commute from Sodale to yeah. the city. So I guess her plan is that she will create a more local high-end jewelry <laughs> store. And then she also says that, oh, as you know, I cut my teeth in the diamond dish. I'm like, I thought you were a traitor. What w- What is your job? I understand that you worked at a jewelry store, but before that you worked at a clothing store, and before that you were a stock trader. You did not cut your teeth in the diamond district. Unless, did she work at a jewelry store before, before- all of that? <laughs> well, she went, to, she went to Bernard for four years. Yeah, and now it's only been three years since those four and years. And she, she was married to... Chad for one, one year. One year. And the accident happened after they were married. <laughs> So it's been approximately less than one year since she left the Wall Street. <laughs> so sp- speaking of Chad, Smithers will bring up is Mr. Oh, by the way, she did change her last name. She's Mrs. Gecko. Yes. Yes. And she does call Chad Chadwick, and it's infuriating. <laughs> and I call him Chadwick because it's a great name. Uh, but but like, is Mr. Gecko going to be involved? And she like like oh now I'm conflicted. I don't know. I'm like last episode you were just going to go Run to L.A. Away. Like, and also, oh, the permanence of opening a store in Riverdale could send him to a spiral. I'm like, are you married or not? Yeah, Veronica, you cannot make these types of decisions without your husband. You're supposed to be partners. Like, I, I understand. Yeah, clearly it's supposed to be that the relationship is some sort of a s- struggle, but she is already out of the relation. Like, yeah, she's not helping. Yeah, don't. Pre- she's not trying. Yeah, don't act like. This is a conflict for her. It's only a conflict for her when she decides she wants to have a conflict. Any other time, she's out of the relationship. She doesn't care. Now, to be fair, it's not like she has good role models. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but the, the way that she treats, like, a lot of the stuff with um uh Chadwick is feels like he should be in the mafia. Like, he should understand this weird 
push and pull relationship that they have. But then when he does understand it, she is infuriated and shocked. Yeah, I don't. She, the way that the show is written treats their relationship like they are high school boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to get to. They should not be married. If I was going to write this, they should be engaged, mm-hmm. maybe. And maybe she keeps pushing off the wedding because yeah. she's recovering from the accident. But they should not be one year married. And this no. is this is her, like, well, after the accident, I've rethought our merit. Oh, God. We'll, we'll talk about them more. We'll get a lot of them. Now, over at ye old high school, the former student lounge is now the teacher's lounge, and now it has coffee. Because, you know, why reuse that? Why not reuse that set? <laughs> and, I mean, maybe more students would go to your school if they had a cool lounge to hang out in. Instead, the teacher's lounge is in the middle of, like, a square hallway. <laughs> So all the students can look in and be like, I heard we, we once were able to hang out in there. Now it's, it's just Miss Topaz hangs out in there with Mr. Keller all the time. And but then, now there's more teachers. And then Kevin looks at the window and just closes the blinds. <laughs> uh, so Betty and Archie kind of, you know, catch up on their day. And Betty's like, so hard. Everyone apparently remembers my dad as a serial killer, which makes zero sense, Archie. Also, makes no sense. Also, Polly's been missing, and I love this scene so much for how Lily Rydell plays it, where she's like, oh, man, just my, my day was so tiring. Oh, my God, so exhausting. Maybe what would make me feel better is if we go have sex somewhere. <laughs> like, like, that is a motivation for the scene, and I love it so much. And Archie's like, hmm. Yeah, that does feel like it'll make you feel better <laughs> if you if you want to do that. But we can't go back to my place. What if Jughead comes home? Even though he's at his work shift. Yeah, I know. He's really worried about that. <laughs> and Betty's like, well, there are children who are between the age of two and... 10 at my house. <laughs> there are children between the ages of 2 and 57 at my house. <laughs> but I have an idea. I told my students that we were going to refinish a car. So in a really gross scene, <laughs> yeah, we're the- going to have sex in the car that the students are going to have to refinish. <laughs> they're going to do Titanic. They're going <laughs> to do literally the shot from Titanic and then they cut inside and show more. But all I could think is like... <laughs> the kids are going to have to clean that up tomorrow. Betty. I hope you have a real good poker face because this is going to be real weird. One of those kids is like, why is this seat so sticky? (laughs) Ah, must must have spilled pop back there. It's an old car. Sometimes (laughs) things are sticky. It's an old car. You know what it was like in the 50s? Pop. And not right now when it's 2027 in the future. (laughs) Now, it's a good thing, though, that they do have sex in this car because once they finish up their coitus, an alarm goes off. Yeah, because some kids... Set a fire in the middle of a trash can in the middle of the school. Now, to be fair, these kids are, like, slight rebels. They didn't just start a fire on the floor, so luckily it's a mildly contained fire. The way it kind of looks like is that there's a trash can and there's four isolated fire. Like, it almost looks like they're trying to do, like, a satanic. Yeah, it does seem ritualized. But no, it it is just a fire. Now, while this is happening, actually, Jughead um, has, like, changed up. Because I thought he was going to do a story about Pops. But instead, he's writing a story about how small towns are sad. Yeah, and here's the thing. I thought he was lying because he says, Tabitha, can I do an interview with you? I'm writing a story about, like, you know, portrait of a small town stuff. And I thought that was a cover because he doesn't want to tell Tabitha, yo, Tabitha, I'm writing a story about your dad. But then Uh, he will proceed to actually work on a story about small town stuff. Yeah, so we learn about Tabitha. 
because this show doesn't know how to do just normal people, Tabitha is the smartest person in existence. She is the best business person who has ever businessed. She has been offered so many CEO positions at the age of, I guess, 27. Yeah, nobody is... All over Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and she could have done them, but instead she wanted to go and, and run uh, Pop's business and really make it into something. And all I can think is like... Why can't anyone just be, like, normal? <laughs> now, to be fair, she did have a very smart idea, which was to put in gas pumps so the truckers don't just come there for the white worm. They actually have a reason to come there. Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, Tabitha, unlike Veronica, uh, we can see how she's a good business owner. Yeah, she actually makes steps that yeah. make sense. Veronica just sort of, like, owns a business and it's successful because... Because they tell us. <laughs> um, now, of, unfortunately, they're kind of interrupted because... I don't know how long Jughead thought he would be able to get away with this. When he works in the one restaurant in town. But Jughead's students arrive, and they recognize him, and Jughead's like, ah, dang. I really wish that they had arrived, and he'd been like, let me go under disguise, and took off his glasses. <laughs> now they won't recognize who I am. Ah. Uh He's upset about this. Yeah, how long do you think of- you live in? You live in a small, unincorporated town of between 200 and... 10,000 people. They were eventually going to go to your workplace, Jughead. Yeah. like <laughs> My students show up in my second workplace all the time. If your town can can exist for even, man, a couple days without anybody being like, we got to incorporate, like... Yeah. They're, <laughs> and, like, they don't... In this scene, they don't seem that bothered. Yeah. And then when they do punk him later, it's a nice punking. So... <laughs> Anyway. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. So uh, Archie has reported at this point the fire by claiming he does something he always does. Which is night running. Which is night jogging. Yep. Um, like and he always does. very believable. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the thing he does. Well, he does do that. Yeah. But were you wearing a shirt, Archie? Now, Tony, uh, it's pretty sure this is the Stonewall Stallions because, you know, Hiram sponsors them and uses them for odd jobs, which I know sounds sketchy, but that's... That All, that's is, almost the same thing that um, uh, Fred Edgews did. I was going to say, like, that is kind of what sponsors of teen <laughs> sports teams do. Like, usually not crimes. Yeah. But, but, I mean, Andrews did use various people for its construction. All the time. <laughs> so, and Archie goes, oh, I can't believe they have a football team. Who even is their coach? Hiram, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I... But, this team is apparently the best team in the county, and they're, so they're like, oh, well, we, oh, it's hard to press charge against them because, like, you know, they're the best football team in the county. And it's so weird to me, in the middle of, like, all this chaos and weird things and like, the weirdest stuff ever, I'm like, this is a real storyline. Like, to, football players in small towns being, like, they essentially getting away with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, Archie says, like, they, they can't go with it just because they're football players. And poor sweet Archie forgets what has <laughs> happened in Riverdale because he goes, well, I bet Hiram must have the DA in his back pocket. And no one says, no, Archie, there's literally no law or police system in the county anymore. Yeah, there should be because now we're under county rule. But apparently Hiram somehow got rid of all police officers in the county. But it's unclear. We, we should also be, I mean, she's also be getting state funding now, but they'll never mention. We have to just. We have to stop thinking about this. Yeah. Um, um, so Archie, <laughs> remember um, when Archie found out about Sodale and he was like, oh, I hate Sodale High. <laughs> yeah. He now hates stonewall 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 is his rival um and they are being coached not by Hiram because Hiram's not gonna coach football Hiram doesn't coach football he's he, a wrestling coach he's a wrestling coach uh no they're being coached by the only other character Reggie so Archie 
goes to that football field and he's like, Reggie, how dare you make your players try to burn down my school? I'm going to follow this up by punching you in the face. I'm going to bring, I'm going to take my sports team and I'm going to beat your sports team. And I'm like, I feel like you probably could have taken a little bit more straightforward steps, but yeah. Yeah, beat the Stonewall Stallions. That'll do it. Okay, but Kevin, here's the thing. The villain is Hiram. It that do might it. do it. That would do it. Yeah, th- th- that's the thing. Archie is aware that he has to treat the villain like he's the villain in an 80s film. So he can't do, like, reasonable, <laughs> hey. My mother, the lawyer, <laughs> is going to shut this down. Yeah, instead, he's like, no, no, no. I have to beat him in football, and that is the only way that Hiram <laughs> will. Uh, Respect my power? Notably, they don't try to burn the school down again. No, they do not. They, 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 it's really the ruling. They did it once. They and need... then Archie punched Reggie. Yeah. And then, no. Nah. <laughs> Can I say, Reggie does too much. He he works at the, at the um, like, he has, I understand people who usually coach high school football are doing a lot of things. No, people who poach, coach high school football in the States? Right, but this they is make a... lots of money. Aaron, this is a small, semi-incorporated town. No, they're in Sodale. They're a fully incorporated town. No, that's true. Uh, we have Hiram. Uh, but he, he he coaches high school football. He apparently owns now the Mantle Motors. He's also in charge of the security in Sodell enough that he's the one who goes out and like checks, checks on, on the drug houses. Yeah, he does too much. Yeah, Reggie, man, Hiram, you gotta get more employees. <laughs> that's how Hiram cuts his costs. He hires Reggie to do everything. And Reggie, that sweet airheaded boy, is just like, yeah, and you'll pay me in hoagies. They were eating hoagies. He did like that hoagie. That first scene where they're talking feels like it was kind of product placement, but I couldn't tell where the hoagies were from. And they're eating Doritos. Very obviously. And and it felt so weird. Like, it felt fine for Reggie, but Hiram, eating Doritos and and hoagies? holding them facing the camera. Uh, We get a little bit of Jughead getting razzed by his students. They brought in, like, a tip jar. But then they actually put money in it. (laughs) Jughead keeps it. And I love that. I love that he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm actually like, take take this. And and then the students are like, oh, I thought you were a famous writer. And I don't know why Jughead doesn't follow up with, yeah, being a successful writer does not equal money. Actually, I I mean, in this world, apparently it does. It should. That's true. Um, But I do like... (laughs) Like he, because he he does a little, you know, he he says some cool things to the kids, and while they're just like, shouldn't you be rich? Like, <laughs> he's like, all right, pop quiz for everybody. It's just a hilarious shutdown. I don't know. This is an enjoyable scene. I I do like Jughead's. I don't understand his storyline, but I like it. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in Veronica's storyline, this is what I said. Oh, she's teaching supply and demand, and Chadwick busts into her class with flowers and cupcakes and then sits at the back of the room and he will be there every day that's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's chadwick's a lot that's not a thing like the weird thing is like they do actually some pretty good things of making chadwick subtly uh intimidating like where you're like oh yeah i can see how this guy's supposed to be but because the show is so unsubtle, and the last thing we saw from him was just straight up shutting down her credit cards, it's weird to all of a sudden, and now he's here, and he's, like, suave and but subtle. Remember and... when he gave her that, like, excellent apology that was, like, a reasonable apology? Which is the only time... I had explained this to someone. There, I understand that p- people who are abusers are very good at giving apologies. This is the only time ever in this entire show someone has ever done something like that. And also, and it's so reasonable because it, 
that was also the first time we met him. So if you're trying to like position him so we understand him, yeah, don't don't give him such a good like. I'm sorry, I was unreasonable. Here was why I was unreasonable, and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Your perspective is reasonable <laughs> and somehow not gaslighty at all. Yeah, like. I understand. They're doing compl- like they're they're just not nailing the complexity. I think they want to do with Chadwick. They're really not. Yeah. But we don't have time for that because first Archie needs to go talk to Tony about the fact that he wants to. Or he, sorry, he goes and talks to Weatherby and he's like, yeah. "I want to start a football team." And Weatherby's like, "This school literally just almost <laughs> shut down because we had no money." And yeah. Archie's like, "It's fine, I'll get money." And then Weatherby's like, "There are no students who go to this school." And Archie's like, "That's fine. I only need eleven guys." Yeah. So Archie essentially goes to Weatherby to get his quests, which are get money, get 11 guys. He does it in the wrong order. He does. <laughs> but Weatherby does answer all of my questions. Because when Archie was like, I'm going to do football. And I was like, no one goes to your school. Yeah. But yeah. I guess he only needs he, the he, positions that are on the field. Yeah. Essentially, he's – yeah. yeah, He just needs that. Uh, so We, we get a quick um, scene where everybody meets Chadwick and sort of sets up this weird tension between Chadwick and Archie. Yeah, Archie's always, like, mean-mugging Chadwick, and I don't really understand why. Like, I mean, I get kind of from Archie to Chadwick, because Archie, I guess, has unresolved feelings over Veronica. Um, does he? I get, Yes. Uh, oh, no, this, I, he does, yeah. And this is indicated to us he has unresolved feelings. He, he's, you know, he's he's doing the best he can with Betty, but... And I mean, I guess it is fair, because I'm sure when Veronica talks about Archie, she's like, he is the sweetest boy who's ever been. Yeah. He taught me how to have a heart. Here's the thing that I want to know, because in this first scene, I didn't couldn't tell Chadwick's feelings toward Archie. Archie is Chadwick's goddamn rage button. <laughs> what has Veronica told, said, about Archie. said about Archie to her husband that makes him, like, I... It, the thing it is doesn't she, feel like with Chad because Chadwick is not portrayed as a rage button person. But there is something about but Archie. Archie just turns him into the Hulk. It is insane. Like they will mean mug each other at every turn. <laughs> at a certain point, Archie will stop mean mugging Chadwick and just sort of be like, you know, maybe this is cool. Chadwick will not stop doing it back because no, Archie will process his feelings. Yeah, Chadwick will be under some sort of curse where when he sees <laughs> red-headed boys he's like well i gotta i gotta do a murder to destroy them uh but they're gonna they're gonna do some karaoke yeah and then there's a short scene where tony's like betty i hear your sister's missing did you know that all the slutty girls hang out at this truck stop and they use a website to meet truckers they will okay there is so much mentions of this hall of this highway it's called the lonely highway Everything exists off the lonely highway. There's a truck stop where women hook up with truckers as they're passing through. And there's also a, sell drugs. There's a junkyard off of it. Like, everybody's always like, oh, yeah, just off the lonely highway. Just off the lonely highway. Which I assume used to be the number one before all of the bus stations got burned uh, yeah, down. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's clearly the, their nickname for it. But, but, like, so, but this episode, so much Lonely Highway business. Also, Betty and Jughead, who grew up in this town, <laughs> were unaware of this highway that I guess is a main thoroughfare. I, I, I'm going to presume, just like as, as you said, that potentially this was in the last seven years it became known as the Lonely Highway. Remember, buses don't come to but Riverdale like, anymore. they should still know where the truck stop in their town is. Uh, I we don't know, know where our truck stop is. It's the Blackfoot. I don't know. It, it becomes increasingly clear in this episode that all these kids are way too insular, actually. It's true. This town is huge again. 
So uh, Cheryl, because she spent her money um, on getting the school up and going, her construction workers don't want to work on her house twenty four seven because they would like to be paid. Are these? I'm like, are these Andrews Construction? Because what happened to that company? I are, know Archie has to have done something with it. I mean, maybe. Remember, remember when he refused to sell? He's like, I can't sell. I gotta do do my father's honor, and then never did anything with it. Yeah, I'm hoping he sold it and not just, I gotta do it for my dad's honor. Actually, I went away for seven years of war and sort of faded away like I, everything in this town did. I thought it would just stay. Um, so Just Cheryl, calls it blood money because yeah, Cheryl's dramatic. Cheryl is outraged that her contractors dare ask to be paid for the work they have done. These guys should just be like, all right, we're not working for you anymore. They could just stop. They could just stop working. They'd just be like, we could find other, we're going to go to Sodale. I yeah. don't know. But, um, yeah, she does them about their blood money. And apparently she used her last, however, $20,000 yeah. to give to the school. Yeah, because, because uh, yeah, Cheryl, when you just all of a sudden kill the entire board of your business to take it over. And then I guess don't do the business. Yeah, it fails. It's funny that Cheryl is dealing with the repercussions that apparently Veronica could do. Like, Cheryl's learning the scene. She's not Veronica. <laughs> Cheryl will also silently cry and wipe her tears away at the end of every single scene this episode. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Um, in this one, they uh, because they have no money, they have to begin Operation Goldfinch, where an appraiser will apparently come by to look at their art. And I guess they'll sell it. In this specific scene, she's copying a painting of Jason. And I just thought, okay, so she's practicing and she's doing a Jason thing. That's okay. And we'll talk about that mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. But first. <laughs> Polly's a bad mom. <laughs> so Polly does not have a laptop, but she uses her children's laptop to go on to Ned's list. Yeah, to hook up with Trucker Boy 69. Appar <laughs> apparently she just leaves it logged in. <laughs> yep. On her children's computer. <laughs> yeah, Polly's a bad mom. Um, I ref uh, this guy must have got on Ned's list real early because I cannot believe that he, he that he joined this in like 2025 and someone hasn't taken Trucker Boy 69 on the right? Trucker Sex app. I mean, we see him. He's an OG trucker. Yeah, he's like, oh man, I was a Ned. I was the first one on Ned's list lo looking up women to have sex with at truck stops. Now, I do appreciate the throwback to Betty and Kevin who used to investigate together in season one. <laughs> The show will never explain to us why Kevin is her go-to investigator buddy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, who else would it be? I, it makes sense now because she's not going to go to Jughead. No. So she just defaults to him. So then later she'll default to her mom for no yeah, particular her reason. Her the one who has to do this task yeah. with her. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Anyway. Well, now it's time for karaoke. You know, because while they wait. Yeah, so while they do the karaoke, first we have a short scene with Tabitha and Jughead where she's like, guess what? I'm really into your book now. I got you an interview with the weirdo. Yeah, there's a guy called Old Man Dreyfus, and he owns a junkyard off Lonely Highway. And uh, he doesn't have a phone, but I do have his address, and you should definitely go there and talk to I, him about the Mothman. I swear, if all these things that are, that are mentioned off Lonely Highway don't connect in some way, I'll be very upset. But they won't connect. It'll be just like the Calton Griffins and Gargoyles. Anyway, as Aaron said there, and I and I talked over the Mothmen. Tabitha definitely thinks that they should look into the Mothmen. Mm, you know that that well-known West Virginia folklore now taking place in Connecticut, New, New York, Ham New, New, May, May, the Pacific Northeast. Uh, also, it will be 
different. It also won't be the Mothman. Uh, but yeah, so it was like, you should go talk to this guy because you t- and I, except for the fact that she was so interesting about it, I'm like, why would he? Isn't he writing it about pop? Oh no, it is about the small town. Yeah, he did not lie. Isn't that what his first book was about? Why yep. did he not think of just doing this again? Well, his first book was about the youths in the small town, and this one's about the olds in the small town. <laughs> uh, now, Veronica. Is introduced by Tony. Yeah. Because as... the former owner. <laughs> yep. And Veronica is going to sing a duet by herself. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mm, so she it goes up on stage. She introduces Veronica Lodge, and she immediately apologizes to her husband. Oh, she just doesn't know my new last name. I don't now, I don't want to get too much into that, but that's also a weird thing for this... To be a trigger? Well, yeah, because I thought you were out... Whatever. And also, doesn't Veronica seem like someone who <laughs> wouldn't take her husband's last name? Well, I'm... Yeah, um, I'm more of like... What do we... I, we don't know anything about Chadwick's the problem. So she goes up there and she starts singing Shallow. And as it reaches toward the point where we know... Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper comes in, I'm like... Is, is she, just- she just going to sing both parts? At karaoke, she went up to sing both parts of Shallow? What? And then Chad hops in and joins the song, but she is shocked. She is genuinely shocked that he is singing. He was hiding a microphone under the table. Oh, yeah, he hates karaoke, remember? But, you know, he's willing to embarrass himself in front of her friends. Um, I'm like, wait, so did he set this up with Tony? He has a microphone hidden under the table. It's nonsense. Yeah. And then they do the really gross thing that you see sometimes when he comes up to sing with her and he, like, wraps his arm around her and sings from behind her. Yeah. And, oh, they're not in a musical theater production, guys. It was like, I just, I don't know what to feel about this because last episode, Veronica was done. They, hell, the last She talk- was going to run away. Just disappear. She was just, just going to disappear. Yeah, like... Before, even before Chadwick did his, I said this last time, even before Chadwick did his whole, like, shut down her credit cards, she was just going to go to L.A. She was just going to leave, leave her, her husband. husband. And we're not making a judgment call on Veronica. You shouldn't leave. You stay, stick by your man. But why is now we're like, oh, my God, they've worked it out. I don't know why she's so easily swayed by him showing up and then just ever leaving. Just never leaving. <laughs> there is no history of him being like an absent husband who wasn't interested in her. But I will he say. He was very interested in her, which is why she wanted to leave him. Yeah, he was smothering her. And she was like, oh, why can't you just leave me alone? And then he's here. And she's like, oh, yeah. But this is very in line with Veronica, who likes the person who is around. Accurate. Uh, apparently this is so good it makes Kevin cry. And then the next morning in bed, Chad and Veronica are like, hey, we had sex and slept in the same bed. Hey, we sang shallow and then we had sex. And now we slept in the same bed together all night. <laughs> like, this is a thing we've never done. I'm like, what? She- Veronica has been gone for four days. <laughs> and this was, absence made the hearts grow fonder. But Chad says, well, what if I, they, they're acting like they're a, like they're in a strange couple. Chad's like, well, what if I stay in Riverdale for a few days? And Veronica's like, oh my. If you told me that these people had like separated a year ago. I, I would, would be believe like, it. Yeah, but no, four days and they're acting like, like they are a, an old couple with children who just like, well, maybe we've drifted apart over time. So this is followed up. By somehow the sexiest scene I have ever seen on Riverdale, which is Archie 
being confident and asking teenagers to be on his football team. I got a very specific thing, and that is that is and that is men asking teenagers to be on football teams. I don't know why I was watching. I was like, oh my! <laughs> so he gets the ROTC guys in, which I think is unfair. They're going to have to listen to you. It's a whole mirror tell you hierarchy, but cool. Um, and then he goes and he goes to the drug. He just go to his friend class, yeah. not Kevin's. <laughs> we will never see the drama class. No, um, but he has to play for for football for the Bulldogs, and of course the guys in the Letterman's jacket raise their hands, and then he goes to Veronica, and Chadwick is also there and also mad. <laughs> this is not great. And then he goes to Betty's class, and someone ra- the person who raised their hand is wearing like a a welding mask and a full body. Um, and like, they're the I've, only one dressed that way. And I'm like, oh, that's a girl. Like, yep. that's clearly going to be a girl. So it is. This is Britta. And Archie's like, yeah, I don't care. Will you be on the team? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, it's 2027. Yeah. Also, Britta will end up being the most outspoken and smartest member of his team. So. Well, well, yes. She's the yeah. only one. No, I guess the jocks have lines. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're gonna do like, oh, we also have the one girl player. Like, yeah, I much make more, her exceptional. Yeah, I'm much more cool with her actually being involved in scenes and like, yeah, she appeared and then she was never seen again. I don't know why I love this so much, Kevin. <laughs> I watched it twice, and then a full on like record skip like the needle drops because i guess tony is in charge of the finances the guidance counselor is in charge of the budget for the high school certainly not the principal and and so archie can't get the money and to and he's like well cheryl and tony's like i shot my shot maybe you could try your shot now tony does specifically say there is a tiny amount of money but it's earmarked for something else yeah we'll get to that so archie goes to see cheryl (laughs) He's like, you know, Jason really liked football. And and Archie brings it up like, yeah, may, you this know. This would be a nice thing to do for his memory. But, of course, Cheryl is impossible to understand. So she's just like, how dare you try to use my brother, who I have used to control this town for years. How dare you use him against me? And, like, 100% Jason, from well, what we know of him, would have wanted this. Yeah, 100% he would. But Cheryl doesn't actually care what Jason wants. Cheryl cares what Cheryl thinks that Jason wants. And at this point, Jason is not a person. He's a symbol to Cheryl. To Cheryl. Remember remember how she shut down? I wonder if this, if this town ever had 4th of July again. Oh, probably not. They uh, just started celebrating the 5th of July. Yeah. And then moving on, moving on from that, we get a little bit of another update. Minerva Marble, the appraiser, will be coming tomorrow. And Cheryl will cry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she will. Uh, uh, Betty's got a response to her. Kevin going to head to the, the truck stop. But before we get to that part of the Lonely Highway, we got to go to a different part of the Lonely Highway. Where Jughead has decided to go talk to this old man in the <laughs> middle of the night. I, Jughead making terrible... T- I thought he works at nights. I guess... I guess, he this, should... I guess this is his night off. But yeah. why didn't he go, like, right after school? Yeah. Anyway, he drove out there. There's a lot of Mothman statues. He's uh, roaming around with a flashlight. Yeah. And then he meets old man Dreyfus, and he tells... He tells an alien abduction story. And Jughead likes it. Yeah, so... he Just to summarize, so him, him as we were digging out a collapsed mine off the lonely highway. And every day, a member of the crew would be disappeared. Yeah. And then the next day, the member who had disappeared would be back. Yeah. And then a different person would be disappeared. And they all said, oh, I was taken by the Mothman. To their, to their ship. 
I, I don't know why this bugs me so much that they decided to take the Mothman. Like a real thing. A West Virginia story. And instead of doing the Mothman, it's the Mothmen. But then just do a Grey's story. Yeah. Grey's being aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's like they thought if they did aliens, it would be too silly. So they decided they would do Mothmen. But then they made them aliens. And this would be why, like, Jughead should be bringing up, like, like Mothman. You know Mothman exists. Like, that's a West Virginia very famous folklore mm. why 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 are why? you this they, they'll just never mention that jughead will mention however how come i've never heard of this and dreyfus is like i don't know maybe you should read the newspaper <laughs> I, love, I love the yeah he <laughs> the writers of no not dreyfus the writers of this show couldn't come up with a good reason as to why jughead wouldn't know this so dreyfus literally says i don't you, know go ask people Lots of people know yeah why don't i know this you should Okay. I mean, to be fair, our characters didn't know about the serial killer who was Hal's father. But the entire thing with that one is that, like, the people of the town are supposed to be like, oh, we keep secrets. Whereas in this case, Travis is just like, everyone knows there's newspaper articles. No, I don't know why you don't know, because you're an idiot. Go talk to anyone. You're just a jerk idiot. Get out of here. How old are you? Jughead's <laughs> like, what? Huh? I mean, Dreyfus, Dreyfus does explain that he... Lives alone in the middle of nowhere because he just wants to go on that ship. He was so sad that he was the only one who was never abducted. Yeah. So I'm I'm now to be fair, I'm kind of hoping that maybe you'll reveal that actually not everyone knows. And Dreyfus is like, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Kevin and uh, Betty how are doing their sake out for Trucker Boy sixty nine, and somehow Betty knows which truck it is. I think he descri- I think she read back in like the conversation with Polly yeah. and he described which truck she'd be able to find yeah, him in. I'll give her this. It, it doesn't matter. He does wear her FBI windbreaker can, can because I, that is what, what she does. And what I was going to say is that I'm actually really cool with her illegally flexing her FBI stuff. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like her essentially pretending she's not a trainee um, because I hope eventually some point with someone will come It'll up catch and, up on her. Yeah. I don't like that for some reason when she's doing this interrogation, she brought in Sheriff Keller as well. To legitimize it, I guess. Yeah, but, like, like if you're going to be pretending that you can do this, I would be much more cooler if she was fully pretending well, she could do thing, this. The thing that we find out later, though, is he's in jail. Like, they jail yeah, him. Yeah, they arrest him. So I guess that's why Keller's there, so that he yeah. can have repercussions for his illegal drug buying <laughs> and girl... I don't think it's clear if he buys drugs. He definitely has sex with Polly. And well, he gets jingle jingle from her. Oh right, he does. He does yeah. jingle jingle. Anyway. Can't believe jingle jingle still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Polly apparently in this, she had a freak. She freaked out while they were driving and just ran off. So and... I guess this, that's what we saw. No, but we, I no. thought she was being chased by the skeleton. No, no she truck, was though. being chased by the skeleton truck. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, this good. is just <laughs> another point of time in that night. Um, so Betty gets this information and she goes home to her wine drinking mom. (laughs) Like the only one who can help me with this next step is you, mom. Let's leave these two to 10, 12 teen year olds at home. They will go tomorrow at least. So maybe they got someone. (laughs) They're at school. Hey, we are seeing Alice drinking white wine. So maybe they're doing she's an alcoholic just subtly. Because we've seen her drink white wine. (laughs) Every time is we've that, seen her. Is that the sign you're using? I don't know. Uh, Archie um, breaks the news to his team. It's like, by the way, guys, kind of, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. We I don't have money. guess there's no funding, but it turns out there is funding for extracurriculars. Yeah, so Tony comes marching down the hallway, like, wearing the HIBC shirt and, like, with the Vixens. With, like, four Vixens, four. let's be real. <laughs> yeah, and... 
Tony's like, well, I, I last year I made the cheer squad. Oh, yeah, because Archie's like, well, you don't have nothing to cheer. It's like, oh, I made the cheer squad a priority. We're going to compete against other teams. This is not even Cheryl could do that. I'm like, Tony, That's... Cheryl didn't want to do that. Also, Tony, Cheryl was a child and you are an adult. Yeah, well, and the one adult they had, Cheryl locked her in a room. The one person who was going to make them an actual cheer squad and not just a sexy dance squad. Yeah, it's funny that Tony's acting like, yeah, not even Cheryl could do what I did. I'm like, Cheryl had no interest. Cheryl just wanted to have a team of cronies behind her. Also, like... Cheryl wanted a gang. (laughs) Not for nothing. I don't agree with the, like, fetishism that is towards teen sports. But if they want money for their school, they would do much better investing in a football team than in competitive cheer squad. Yeah, maybe things are different in 2027. And I'm just going to say this now. A later scene completely ruins this because we eventually learn that Cheryl has apparently has Miss Bell snitching for her. And she gets told by Miss Bell that Tony has made a cheer squad. Yeah, well, as far as I can get, she resurrected the Vixens, which did not – which. As far as we know, did not exist. Yeah. And Cheryl is, she cries about this. And then she goes, sees Tony. And confronts her for stealing stealing, the vixens. Which, I mean, this actually makes her and Tony very similar. Because remember how upset Tony was that uh, Jughead wrote about the serpents, which didn't exist anymore. True. Um, Maybe they are meant to be together. And the reason I bring this up is because the way Tony acts in this scene is like, oh my god, Tony, did you do this to get a rise out of Cheryl? And I think she did. And I think she did. I think I don't think she actually cares about do like you know doing the cheer team and getting that and doing anything for the school. She earmarked that money so that she could get a rise out of Cheryl, which is incredibly terrible for this cool guidance counselor to do. Yeah, all the work they did on Tony's character I, over the last two episodes gone. I also it's gone. I also thought the twist was going to be actually it's not about football. It's about the like. You know, this cheer squad is going to be the thing that brings the school back. No, they're still doing the football. Now to- now Tony's just the jerk who didn't tell Archie that. And he, she should have, like, I know she did say, like, oh, the the money's been earmarked. But she could have just said, you know, we can only have one sports it's, team and we're going to have the Vixens. Instead, he's breaking the news to these children that, hey, I'm sorry, we can't do football this year. I was and, told we don't have any money. Yeah, and then she marches down the hallway being like, oh, we're not, you're not that. Why are you so antagonistic? Yeah, Tony. Wh- why did you have to do it as a surprise? Like, well, aren't you a team? This like, is, is your school not a team? And I don't even care about Archie. This is so cool for those kids who probably very... The guy wears a football jacket. And there's not even a team. This is what they want. So cool, but also very freaking rude. But then, so Britta watches this and she's like, could we get money from literally anywhere else? And Archie sees Veronica and is like, oh, She's like, oh no. God, my ex. Like, I'm going to have to do it. He's going to go talk I, He's gonna go talk to Jughead about it. And he's like, Jughead, this sucks. Jughead's like, it does suck, but maybe you should, you know, be an adult. And then Jughead's like, I mean, I'll also ask my boss if she wants to sponsor, but Veronica's a better patch. She's a, remember, she's uh, incredibly wealthy. The fact that she hasn't, the fact that she didn't put her money into the school... Oh, right? That yeah. they had to get it from Cheryl? Anyway, uh, uh, Cheryl uh, is, well, she gets the call about the whole Victus thing. She's actually were there with Miss Marble. Getting the art appraised. And apparently some sort of very famous artist. Painted her brother. And he was, so. He was chosen for next year's Venice Binal. And so this piece of art is going to be worth 
quarter a quarter of a, of a million, million, which is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> and Cheryl makes it up an excuse so they can't take the art right away, which is like, I just want to love my brother for one more night. And Kevin, I have a question for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't be able to answer. I've been thinking a lot about art stuff, but go ahead. Why aren't they just actually selling the painting? Okay, yes, I don't know. I don't – look, here's the thing. I don't know a lot about the art world. I know even less about the art forgery world. But their plan here is that they brought in a woman to authenticate the real photo. And then – or the photo painting. Yeah. <laughs> and then – now, I don't even understand why it's, why they chose we're going to do the Jason's painting because I, not even knowing about art world. What do you mean someone's going to buy this painting of a random boy? Like, are they going to hide the story behind it? Because the story behind this photo is like, hey – Here's a painting done by a very famous artist about a boy who was murdered by his heroin trafficking father because he didn't want to traffic heroin. And isn't that actually kind of interesting? Who wants this photo in their house? But wouldn't that make it worth even more, the tragedy behind... I don't... I don't think it would. I don't think it would. I don't understand... And what they have to gain by having her forge these paintings. Yes. And, yeah, like, and, why don't you, if you have the paintings, why don't you just sell the real paintings? Yes. And like, then the, don't you forge things when a painting is missing and then you can go, oh, we discovered this missing Rembrandt. Well, yes. So, like, the, yeah, then uh, go, going on saying, yeah, then they're going to do this whole thing where they send the painting off and it's actually going to be the fake that she drew and they're going to keep. It seems like they put a lot of work in so she she could just. Keep the painting. Whereas, like... Just sell the painting. Sell the painting. I guess if you want a painting of Jason keep in your, your house... Keep your fake one. Keep your fake one. Why? That is painted by you. That well, gives it more meaning. Why? Well, like, like... Well, you, they can't sell the fake one twice. Well, and what art forgery sometimes will also be is that someone will just create something to the perfect same style. Yeah. Or they'll do a thing where they, where they paint something and they con someone... But they're doing it as themselves. This isn't Cheryl pretending to be uh, Beatrice Montgomery. Look, I found this painting. No, she is Cheryl Blossom who brought this uh, this person to her house. If someone discovers the forgery, it goes directly back to her. So why not just sell the original Cheryl? Instead, she sells it and Nano's the one like, oh, wait. she explains the whole thing. And Cheryl's crying and I thought it was because of her whole weird forgery thing, but it might be because of the whole vixen thing. I don't care. I don't care about Cheryl. So um, Betty and Alice are searching the roadside and they find Polly's wallet like, and things. her things. I don't understand why it's not other police. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and that's pretty much that entire scene. Uh, um, Veronica actually takes Chad to the store. And Chad does not say, wait, why? <laughs> what is this? Wait, what's this pervert store we're doing now? Um, he instead is like, you know what? Your dad did think we could live in Riverdale and New York, so I'm into this. I don't think he brings that up just yet, but he will bring up that um, her dad is, like, he's been talking to her dad. Oh, yeah, no, this at this point he just says he's into dual homes, it's, and it's time for yeah, a change. He's like, so we could get a place in Riverdale. I'm like, what? why are you treating your, your marriage like it's not a marriage? Also, you own a place in Riverdale. It's called the Pembroke. Oh, yeah. It's, Veronica is, would never sell the Pembroke. However, she also says she wants a clean slate, which I guess means renovating. But I thought it was just redecorating, but we'll we'll be surprised by that. Yeah. So Alice Alice (laughs) has lost all her power over the past seven years. She's just sitting at home being like, where is Polly Betty? Where has our girl gone why did we just find her wallet what are we to do we gun, like, weren't you like undercover in a cult i the more we see of alice the more that feels like a lie like yeah. 
<laughs> like, what? Why? What? Well, Betty is going to uh, try to track her phone. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just want to say, I like. I hope Polly's dead. I just he's a human being, so I so I, I know you should be sad about a no, human being. No, I hate being. Polly. But I mean, uh, but Polly. Uh, Polly no. has never done a single nice thing. She has not, or she... good thing ever in <laughs> any episode we've seen her in. No, no. I see. There's no redeem. Polly has no redeemable qualities other than being Betty's sister, and she's a pretty terrible at being Betty's sister. I just want Betty to realize that she has value on her own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Veronica and Chadwick are uh, are like planning their lives like like they're yeah, they have, like they're like scheduling their, a D and D game. They have their game timers out in front of them. They're like, okay, so during this week, Chad's gonna be in New York and Veronica's gonna be in Riverdale, but on alternating. It's like they're Alt- alternating weekends. <laughs> they'll visit each other. It's like they're arranging a custody agreement. I know. Yeah, and I'm like, you. Well, why you got like? Don't get me wrong. It's good you're communicating, but why are you communicating so weird? Like, how did you two get married? Well, and then Chad goes, or I could quit my job because your father offered me a job managing the Sodale properties? I mean... What is that? I don't what know. does that mean? I mean, it's, it's one less thing Reggie has to do. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and then Veronica has said a line that, God, for some reason, just incensed me so much. She says, you're in finance, not real estate. I'm like, Veronica, what are you in? Veronica's in everything. You are the person who should least look at someone changing their job and be like, but how can you, what, how can you, I understand that I can be both a sports agent and a jewelry store owner and a stockbroker and a, I mean, the jewelry store owner, look, she's been a business owner, that's that's fine. She has owned businesses. Yeah, but she's, but different types of businesses. She's owned I mean, two different restaurants. A jewelry store is different than a restaurant. So, Kevin, I have a question for you. (laughs) I'm spiraling. Help me. My question is, Chad has never met Hiram. No. Hiram did not attend their wedding. Veronica apparently has had no relationship with him for the past seven years. Yeah. So, what Chad, who has demonstrated to us that he's reasonably intelligent, other than Archie being his rage button. Yeah. Why was he not confused and shocked and full of questions when Hiram was wearing, like, Hello, I'm Hiram Lodge. May I give you a job? Also, check out this restaurant. He took a crazy way of bringing this up as well. I think he thinks he was, like, smoothly, like, Oh, and uh, your father says, and, like, like you, you should, you've, what? <laughs> You're married to a woman who had no relationship with her father for seven years, and you thought it would make her happy? When you were like, guess what? I developed a relationship with just, your father behind ju- your back. Just casually. Like, like if you're bringing this up, you should be like, oh, by the way, your father called me out of nowhere. And offered me a job? What do I – Veronica, what do I do? I know you haven't talked to him in seven years, presumably, though he, he actually, she actually has. It's true. Um, she tried. To, remember when she tried to get him beaten up? Chat, chat beaten up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now they're cool because he brought cupcakes and flowers. Well, un- unfortunately, this their whole talk here can't go any further because Archie arrives and there's he has subtly less tension toward Chad. Chad. Oh. And poor Archie comes on in and is like, oh, no, I girded all of my loins to ask this question. And Chad's here. So he does kind of direct the question like, at Chad. Yeah, I like how he's like, oh, Chad, you're still here. I'm like, why? 
why would you assume he wasn't? He he he's her husband, and he's in t- what? But but based on the things that Veronica has said about Chad, I bet Archie assumed that Chad would already be out of town. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. there's so many things where like, what is Veronica telling people about other people? Because everybody has wild expectations of everybody they meet with who's related to Veronica. So Archie comes on and he's like, so. The football team has no funding, but it would be really good for our school to have a football team. Yeah. And I only need $20,000, which is maybe not that much. $20,000 feels like, it, considering how they should also be getting state funding now, yeah. feels like they should be able to get that from the state. And then he's from like, New York State. And then he says, I'll pay you back. And I'm like, no, Archie, it's a donation. It's a donation to the school. Yeah, he forgot. Why would you personally pay anyone back? Yeah, unfortunately, Archie has opened the floodgates then. Archie doesn't understand anything. Um, he thinks this loan is for him, and it's not. It's for the school, it's Archie. It's for the school, Archie. But unfortunately, because he has indicated that he thinks this money is for him, uh, Chadwick inserts himself into the situation. He's like, well, as a vet, I'm sure you'd be too proud to take free money so because i know you do construction (laughs) i think that remember how we said we should redecorate we're going to renovate the pembroke and you will do it for free except that we'll pay you by giving money to the football team at the school you work at yeah and he's like well i guess i could see if some guys could help like well what are you gonna pay that no what so chad well (laughs) i mean they're gonna have to pay those guys so chad's gonna lose a lot of money on this deal like chad i feel like you're still gonna have to pay for the rent of you don't get just free like some like gear and some materials the only thing that will be free is archie's work and guess just archie Archie's work would have been free no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this Archie's like, yeah, no, okay, I guess that yeah, that, that seems fine. You know, that makes a good point, which is just going to reinforce Archie's belief that, like, <laughs> no one is nice and no one helps. I don't know. I don't know. So he goes on, and once again, because Archie's a wild trigger for Chad, he's like, <laughs> that guy's there. Let's, let's go get some food. And then, and then Veronica's like, yeah, let's get Pop Tates. He's like, absolutely not. What? That's a disgusting place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't want greasy food. Let's go to a place your dad mentioned, Mia's. If he was in the mob, I'd be so much a coolest because it seems like, oh, he's fallen into what, like, what Hiram is. But instead, he's just a dummy who doesn't know he invited his wife to a mob restaurant and she doesn't tell him. Well, and not only that, like... If we knew more about Chadwick, does Chadwick come from a poor background where he, where because Hiram's so rich, he's putting on airs? Does he come from a rich background so he doesn't want to like, like slum? Yeah. Like what? What is? What is his motivation? Why is he doing anything? And why is Veronica doing anything? And because you've given him so much stuff, I need to know this. I need to know what Chad came from because I don't know why he is the way he is, and it can't just be that. They had a plane crash. Yeah, it. Um, so Jughead does a quick um, catch him up with Tabitha about the moth- Mothman, explaining that all of the friends that Old Man Dreyfus mentioned are now dead of cancer. And Dev J- was like, "Seems like it could be a coincidence." And Jughead is like, "Yeah, I know, but I'm writing a book, Tabitha." So in my book, <laughs> did they get radiation from the spaceship? Like, do you not understand that I'm writing? Like, yes, I know what. Tabitha. <laughs> and then she's like, can I help with investigations? This seems fun. You can help with investigations, but don't give any more pitches for the book. <laughs> You're not a good writer, Tabitha. You're a real good businesswoman. You don't know what drama is, though. <laughs> so, um... Uh, Betty goes over to hook up with Archie. Yeah, because they both had a rough day. Yep. Yeah, once again, Betty arrives being like, oh, man, I'm just... I'm, I'm so, so stressed out. I'm so tired and, oh, it's a, what's a... Polly, maybe I can just go inside and we can just, like... 
bang it out. <laughs> She's like, yeah, okay. And then they do. Archie, we do find out Archie is sleeping in his parents' room now. Oh, okay. So the Jughead is... Is in Archie's yeah. room. Um, God, I never want the relationship to progress, but I love just <laughs> this state. Though I did remember in this scene that technically... Betty does have a boyfriend. Glenn. Glenn. Man, the the expediency in which I forgot about Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Betty gets distracted because she gets a phone or a text message from her friend. Oh, yeah, because yeah, she gets a text message from Todd. And the, Who is not Glenn. She should have said Glenn because then that's drama. How did you miss the most key drama moment by getting her having a text? She doesn't have to act, react to it. But we, the audience, is like... <gasps> Glenn. Come Ooh. on, show. Right. Uh, so um, back at the old Pembroke the next morning, yeah. Veronica has somehow, while he was sleeping I, or something, packed I all think, of Chadwick's bags. I think it was while he's in the shower. Because he comes out in just a towel and then looks down and all his bags are packed. And then going in, the idea is like, these people should just be engaged. Is that she's like... Oh, remember how I wanted? To, I left because I wanted to pump the brakes and go on a break. I'm like, did you communicate that with him? Because I don't think he knew that. I don't. I think you just left. All she said was she was going to a few, not a funeral. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <Marty>. <laughs> Maybe she said I'm going to a funeral, and she got there. And she realized, oh, it's her oh, time. Oh, he's alive. Huh. Um, and then immediately, Chad was like, "Is this about Archie? What did she tell him about Archie? Did she spend the last?" Because they didn't get ma- like I don't know how long the day before they got married. So between three last year, yeah, every single time just being like, oh, let me tell you about my high school boyfriend. Because I mean, she has not even hung out with Archie really, other than the one time they walked in that street together. Yeah, what? It, what did she? Uh, here's the thing. I know that Chadwick is not a great guy. I think Veronica is also a terrible person in this relationship. Yeah, she is not a good partner. Like maybe like I'm gonna I'm gonna put Chad. Maybe Chad's abusive the in... show if chad is abusive yeah the show has not done a great job of establishing that yeah he's he seems controlling but the thing seems like it seems to be like it really is stemming off of his loss of control from nearly dying and, and like if i mean obviously they're not a good couple obviously they're not meant to be like yeah, the show's yeah, making that pretty yeah. obvious but like veronica is far from blameless in this and i I think the show's aware of some of it. Like, I don't think you're trying to sell the Glamour J egg was supposed to be seen as, like, a cool thing that but she... But I think we're still supposed to be on her side, whereas watching she... the show... I'm on no one's side. I want... <laughs> I like... I think... Oh, do I like Chad? It's... I don't know if I like Chad. There's moments where I like Chad. There's moments. He seemed to be having honest fun in the karaoke until he's like, Ugh, I had a karaoke for you. Oh, Yeah. Because after Archie leaves, he's like, I ate a Pops, I talked to your friends, I did karaoke. <laughs> I seem to be having actual fun. And, like, Chad, those are things that husbands do for their wives? Yeah, like, like I... Like, I you're literally describing a marriage. Yeah, like, he... But, but then, on the other hand, for Veronica, she's just going... She just goes... Like, yeah, you don't have to be like, oh, I have to always tell my husband where I am. But the person who you're spending your life with should be at least aware what city you're in. And, like, if you're planning (laughs) on buying a business, you shouldn't do that behind their back. Or starting a new job across the entire country. These are discussions you should have together. So I know we're not supposed to be behind this relationship, but I just, like, I don't understand why I have to watch it 
something. Yeah, in this scene, it feels very specifically like we should be on Veronica's side. Be like, I just wanted to take a break, and you came here, and I don't understand why. I'm like, I didn't understand you guys were taking a break. You never ma- made that clear to us, the audience. And she says she wants to find herself. Is she a pops girl or a Mia's girl or both? And I don't know what that's implying either. I actually is the question <laughs> is is she mafia or not mafia? Yeah, no, Aaron, Aaron. It's just Veronica's same storyline. They gave her the same storyline she's had every single season. So it is, should I do crime like my dad or not? Yeah, it just, in this case, it's like, maybe am I rich girl or am I poor girl? But that's not seem to be, oh my god, (laughs) it's so bad. (laughs) So bad. It's so bad that we can only get past the scene by having a worse scene, which we already talked about, which is when Cheryl shows up in Tony's office and threatens her for stealing the vixens. Yeah, despite the fact that they didn't exist, so you can't own them, Cheryl. Now, Veronica going, because apparently we have to go back to her, um, despite her being like, I think we should have a break. It's just we, me and you, like, we should just go on a break. Has changed her name back to Lodge? <laughs> Which we find out because Archie introduces his team sponsor to his football team, which yeah. is actually a reasonable thing to do. Sure, yeah. He's like, yeah, this is our sponsor, Veronica Gecko. And she's like, ahem, Veronica Lodge is the sponsor of this team. Which sounds like you're not on a break. That sounds like you got a divorce. Okay, Veronica loves to change her last name, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, like <laughs> she defines so much by her last name. <laughs> like, and because she does, it makes it even weirder that she would willingly change it for this guy. She has no, like, it doesn't feel like, how did you get married? So while this is going on, remember Miss Bell who thought that Mr. Honey was just the best principal ever? We've learned something about Miss Bell. Well, not only was she snitching to uh, Cheryl... She's also snitching to Hiram, so Miss Bell is obviously very easily Ms. bought. Well... Aaron, I think this is the return of one of our favorite people. This is this is Miss Bell, fan of drama. <laughs> we I know it's not um, Dean Kim. Is that her name? Doctor Kim. Doctor Kim. Uh, but Miss Bell, I mean, she does like to fan those fires. Yes, I mean, you know what? Maybe she didn't think that Mister Honey was a good teacher, and she's just like she just wanted to get those kids riled up. Yeah, she's like, oh man, I bet I can get those kids feeling real sad. Yeah, I can get some sad kids in there if I just pretend that Mister Honey was a good, he was a terrible teacher. He was atrocious. He was the I, worst principal we ever had, uh, but I could say he was the best. Oh, and they'll be so sad. It'll be so dramatic. Me, the character no one listens to, Miss Bell. I'm not. Not just a secretary, I'm also a snitch. Yeah. Uh God, she loves snitching so much. So Miss Bell has um snitched to Hiram, and Hiram is so angry about the football team. Not only did Archie make a football team, but he funded it by Veronica, who is Hiram's daughter, which is an affront to Hiram. Hiram says, like, my God, she's attacking me. I don't think Veronica thought about that at all. One hundred percent. Literally, her friend asked her for some money, and she was like, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you money. That seems fine. We're all doing things for things with that. And he's like, my God, that woman attacked me. And then Reggie <laughs> follows up Hiram's rage with, well, maybe we should pay Archie a visit, visit this time. Yeah, so two good scenes to, to wrap this up. First, uh, Polly's phone was in Swedlow Swamp, which I assume is also off the Lonely Highway, as everything is. So uh, Betty and her mom and, and Kevin go to investigate. God, they brought Kevin. Kevin is so good at finding dead bodies. He really is. He's <laughs> so good at it. They're like, Kevin, you, you're like a dead body dividing rod. You just get out there and follow your gut. Because Kevin does find 
a body. body. We see a hand. We don't see who that hand belongs to. Because they they were calling the phone. Yeah, so that's how they were, like, following the sound. That makes me think that Polly's not dead. Yeah, me too. Because they would have shown her face as the last thing. This is going to be someone else's body. But instead, we got to ratchet it up because Archie, trying to sleep... Is woken up by Jughead, who I guess was reading of Mice and Men again, and both the porches went on fire. The entire house is on fire. Reggie is going to kill Archie Andrews and Jughead Jones. Here's the thing. I'm not going to, like, Reggie, yeah, you know what? You should have said no to this. But Hiram is so angry that a football team exists in the town next to him. That that he does not own. That he's going to kill two people about. It. If they did not wake up, they would be dead. And you know what? That fire would spread because it is a big fire and there's no fire station in this town. It's, it's just, Hiram, why are you so angry? You At this point, you are just ridiculous. And like, I don't care that there's no police <laughs> in the county. For sure, 100%. This is wildly illegal, and it will definitely be traced back to them. What? <laughs> but who kills a man because they're mad about their daughter donating money to a football team? Yeah, he, him saying it's bad. Like, this proves that him is holding, oh, it's bad for business. No, he's... He, he destroyed Riverdale because he was mad at Veronica for not loving him enough. Yeah, he's he's like the, he's like the stupid joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> that's that's the episode, and the episode ends, and they're in the house. It's on fire so much. It's so much fire. And Aaron, what's your guess? Do you think they're going to come back and still going to be on fire? We see them escaping, or is going to come back and just going to be charged on the house? They're going to be like, oh, I, I just can't imagine that they would do all this work of moving Archie and Jughead into the Andrews house. No, I don't think it's going to be burned down. Oh, but like the outside, yeah, yeah. that that deck's going to be burned down. Oh, yeah, I, I, I was wondering if we were going to come back in and they were still in the burning house. Oh, no, or absolutely not. You just get right over it. Yeah, we're going to come back to them standing on the street with blankets on them, being like, <laughs> our home. I, part of me really hopes that we see a scene where Archie just grabs Jughead and they both jump out a window. <laughs> see that. Honestly, that's a bad. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. About this episode, did you find yourself one CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic set off on a journey to figure something out and it had to be done during the nighttime? <laughs> and while I would love to pick every single moment that a scene took place at night that <laughs> Probably shouldn't take place at night. Um, I am picking Hiram's Doritos. (laughs) Yeah. Because I had to pause the episode and laugh to the heavens when I saw them. It feels so un-Hiram to have him and Reggie eating a hoagie at Doritos. I feel like Hiram is aggressively healthy. Yeah. Remember when he had a disease? (laughs) <laughs> there's no there's no way he ever had a disease right yeah that, had like, to be that has to have been a lie because the because he cured it by punching people <laughs> like that's not how neuromuscular conditions work no no he he uh, he was he was not man enough and he got a neuro he was he wasn't man enough he got als he punched some boys als is cured that is how you do it stop pouring cold water on yourself internet Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, I know. It's got to be Tony's wild walk down the hall with the Vixens. It's so aggressively antagonistic against Archie, who just wanted to give sports to his boys. 
and it and Britta. And it didn't have to be that antagonistic. It, it's not like they were in a fight beforehand. He nicely went to her and said, hey, do you think maybe I could do a sports team? And she said, no. Yeah. And he it, went, okay, I'll go find a different way to get money. weirdly secretive. Like, oh, well, it's earmarked. Not, not like, oh, no, we don't have enough to do the Bulldogs. We, we had enough money to do... Uh, the Vixens, which we're going to use for, we're going to do uh, like cheerleading stuff with that. Competitive cheerleading. And maybe because it costs less money to do the Vixens. Which I'm sure it does. I'm 100% sure, yeah. It's it's less money to upkeep the cheerleading team than it is the company. There's less equipment yeah, for and one. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Archie's like, my yeah. guys don't have equipment. That's really all they need. Yeah. Um, but instead, her just being like, no, we can't do that. Then later, just marching down the hallway in front of me like, we have your money. Screw you, Archie. And it seems like this is supposed to be this female empowerment thing. But just like I had the show always does female empowerment it doesn't work out yeah she's not fighting against anything <laughs> yeah she's not showing up anything she's being really mean to one guy who, who is not her enemy and there's a woman on his team <laughs> and he didn't care i was a brit was going to turn around and be like i'm a vixen now and leave <laughs> with them uh, <sighs> so Next week, there will be no Riverdale. No. We have to wait two weeks to see and, what happens from this. And uh, I got bad news for everyone. Apparently, at the end of April, there's going to be a three-month hiatus. What? They're taking three months off. I know the world is wild. <laughs> I know filming is hard. Well, no, they're, they're doing it because there's also on CW. A bunch of other shows are going to pop up during that time. Oh, that's when more shows are coming back. Okay. Yeah, so... I don't know. They're taking three months off. Then they're doing that. I had a list of the shows that they're they're coming out. There's just, there's just a bunch of C- other CW shows are are popping up in that space. What will I think we Nancy do? Drew's coming up in there. Oh, okay. What will we know. do for those three months? I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but Riverdale's taking the longest break I think has ever taken in the middle of a season. Like the longest on purpose break. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, tell us how you feel about this. Do you think the Andrews house is going to be on fire when we return, or will the fire be done? But the rage will remain when we return let us know we're podcast moa podcast moa on instagram on twitter and at gmail.com or you can give us your ratings reviews and subscriptions on apple podcast or your podcaster of choice and we'll see you i guess i have other things to say uh i was gonna wrap that up but uh you can check out my books at uh kevinweirdbooks.com all gods fall uh, endless hunger fantasy cyberpunk Fun things. And I'm really busy at school, so I haven't written anything new since last week, but you can go over to a flimsyplan.com to hear my thoughts. And now we'll see you next week. What is Hiram's plan? Who's killing these truck stop women? Are we just going to keep asking these questions? Well, that's just all this and more. Join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>